Traveling the Vortex, Patreon exclusive. And welcome back to another wonderful side trip. This time as a Patreon exclusive, thank you so much to all of our Patreon subscribers who literally keep the lights on and traveling the vortex. This is Star Trek 207. We are finishing off uh, my march through Star Trek The Next Generation, and uh, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> I apologize for the delay. I realized it had been two years since I last recorded one of these. So um, we're going to dive right in with my feelings on some of the better episodes. Um, Season 7 as a whole was uh, rather introspective. Um, it aired during 1993, alongside with the second season of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And while it continued um, some of the fine work that Season 6 started with, it also... I hesitate to say this, it feels a little more safe in some regards um, than some of the previous seasons. And by that I mean that it was fairly standard Trek at this point. The halcyon days of uh, Best of Both Worlds were behind us and we were into just kind of more standardized episodes. Um, and perhaps that is the reason that this season features so many trips into the subconscious um, we have a lot of psychological work going on uh, in these episodes uh, such as masks where um, data is zapped by a computer virus of a long dead race and we do a whole presentation of that um, we get dream sequences we get uh, parallel worlds we get um, we get comas we get um, <laughs> the, the infamous um, ghost romance episode, and I use that term lightly. So there's there's a lot of um, introspection going on uh, in this season, and it's also, of course, notable for, for the finale, um, which will lead off my top five episodes of season seven, again, in no particular order, and again, spoilers abound from this point out if you've not watched the show yet. So, uh, once again, the finale, All Good Things, which um, is very symbolic uh, in many ways of much of the show. Um, all Good Things, obviously, uh, you know, is the beginning of All Good Things Must Come to an End. And they certainly did in this season. But it was done in such a way that it really was a masterful stroke. Um, Captain Jean-Luc Picard is jumping amongst three different points in time. The present, seven years earlier, just prior to the Enterprise's first mission in Encounter at Farpoint, and 25 years into the future. And... Um, we're given a puzzle to solve, and our crew must solve it. And while the 
puzzle itself is a little lackluster. The storytelling is fairly outstanding, um, and especially with tying it back into the Encounter at Farpoint mission and having Q show back up and uh, essentially say the trial never ended from Encounter at Farpoint and that it is now time, you know, to, to rectify that. Um, it's truly a, a, a just kind of a wonderful moment, and it's got some great performances and uh, a, a striking send-off for the show, and uh, probably one of the best finales uh, uh, to the show in general is the, the final scene when uh, the crew is playing poker. And Picard comes in and joins them. And says, I should have done this long ago. And we, we kind of get that wonderful character development of Picard, who's you know admitting to himself that maybe keeping himself at arm's length was not the way to go. And it, uh, it's, it's truly a um, beautiful, beautiful character moment. And so it's on a, you know, frequently regarded as one of the best episodes of the show, but it's certainly on my top five of this season. Another great Picard episode is Attached. And in this one, uh, Picard and Crusher um, are attempting to do a diplomatic um, solution to a problem on a planet, and they wind up um, having implants put in them that uh, the more time they spend together the more they are able to telepathically read each other's thoughts which leads to no end of fun funny mildly embarrassing and uh, touching uh, scenes between the two of them as uh, their feelings are kind of given a breath of fresh air and it's uh, we get a little more on their backstory and a little more on their um, well, let's just call it unrequited love for one another uh, that um, probably shouldn't be acted upon, but uh, is <laughs> in, in some regards. So uh, this is just a fun episode, and uh, it is wonderfully done by. Uh, Gates McFadden and Patrick Stewart. Um, the, the two obviously have great chemistry anyway, um, but they are um, just magical together. And watching them kind of, uh, you know, stumble around through the pitfalls and uh, tropes of uh, being alone on this planet, trying to get out, it's just it's just good stuff. And um, I can't I cannot recommend that one enough. Also on my list of top five episodes, The Pegasus. Now, in this one, uh, an admiral comes on board, wonderfully played by Terry O'Quinn, who is the former captain of the USS Pegasus and uh, uh, Commander Riker's former commanding officer, having just graduated from Starfleet Academy. Um, we've located the... Uh, Pegasus near the Romulan neutral zone 
although presumed destroyed, um, but instead uh, it is uh, embedded in an asteroid. Apparently, Pegasus was the brainchild of a um, experiment that uh, would allow it to have a cloaking device and this particular cloaking device did not just render it invisible but actually phased it out of this reality uh, consequently when the device malfunctioned uh, Pegasus rephased into an asteroid and was trapped there um, the crew escaped, but the ship, while well, thought lost, has now been found, and uh, well, the Admiral is after that cloaking device. Now, cloaking devices are against the Starfleet Charter, or the Federation Charter. It's kind of always been um, the, the simplistic answer back in the day is, how come we don't have cloaking devices? Roddenberry would always answer with, well, because we're the good guys. We don't have a reason to hide. And that's very noble, um, but I think any organization uh, such as Starfleet that does wind up with any kind of military slant to it is going to want to invest in, uh, you know, any tactical advantage they can get. And a cloaking device certainly would be up on that list. This is a really fun episode. Um, even though it, um, you know, flies a little bit in the face of the joys of Star Trek and discovery and exploration versus, you know, again, kind of coming down on the military end of things. It's just a, um, it's just a good one. And a lot of that goodness comes from Riker and Jonathan Frake's portrayal as he kind of, um, you know, struggles uh, to deal with his previous captain. This is also the episode that features Captain Picard Day which is a, a, a fun moment for anyone. Number four on my list, again, these are in no particular order, I'm just reading them off, is Genesis. And um, I think Genesis is one of those that fans e either either kind of love it or hate it. Um, I don't know that a lot of people would put necessarily put it up there among their, their, their best of the season, but it is a fun one to watch. Um, essentially, uh, Lieutenant Barkley, our, our poor hypochondriac Lieutenant Barkley, uh, gets a mild case of the flu and is injected with a synthetic T-cell um, to activate one of his dormant genes that will, uh, you know, make him immune. Unfortunately, it turns out that our hypochondriac Barkley actually does have something wrong with him. And this um, injection winds up triggering a whole new disease, which infects the crew and causes everyone to retro-evolve or de-evolve um, back to um, previous and primordial things. Data and Picard, uh, having been gone, return to the ship and find everything offline and um, all these horrific, <laughs> nightmarish uh, science experiments where uh, the crew used to be. Um... This is just, it's an insane, nutty, 
bizarre sci-fi concept that is uh, played to the hilt and a lot of fun. You've got Barkley devolving into some sort of spider creature. Uh, Worf becomes a proto-Klingon with venom sacks and spitting acid. Um, Picard himself is uh, probably going to devolve into a, uh, a lemur or perhaps a marmoset. There's no rhyme or reason to why the crew evolve into these specific um, creatures. They just do. Latent genes are uh, left over from all kinds of different things. and it's, a, it's just a nutty, bizarre, very cool sci-fi concept. It's also one of the scariest episodes of Next Gen. Um, I, mean, I mean, we've got giant spiders and, you know, proto-Klingons running around. Um... <laughs> Michael Westmore, uh, who was an absolute makeup genius, um, was the supervisor for this one, and this employs heavy makeup. Um, overall, 1994 had 10 Emmy nominations for Star Trek The Next Generation for outstanding individual achievement in makeup for a series, um, including one for Michael Westmore for this episode. Um, and it's well-deserved, as bizarre as this episode is. It's just fantastic, fantastic work on it. And finally, my number five... Well, before I do my, my, my fifth one, which does actually my number one episode of the, of the season, I want to mention a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, there's a two-part episode in the season, Gambit, part one and two, uh, in which uh, Picard is... Uh, apparently murdered and uh, then winds up on a crew of mercenaries uh, where they are digging up and uh, on an archaeological chase to find some Vulcan artifacts and it's a uh, it's a fun episode there's some some good character development and some nifty uh, bits for all of the crew uh, to take advantage of which is always uh, nice when everybody's given something to do and, um, you know, that maybe falls down a little bit in the second half because, uh, well, obviously the Vulcan on the uh, group is uh, actually a Romulan masquerading as a Vulcan. Um, that is never a surprise, guys. Don't go there. <laughs> but, um, you know, overall it's just kind of a fun adventure. Um, the other honorable mention I have for the season is Dark Page which is, uh, wow, a powerful and sad episode. Loxana Troy returns uh, with Majel Barrett's final appearance as the character in Star Trek The Next Generation. And um, there's a, tele a telepathic conference of sorts happening uh, with another race, and she's there helping and winds up falling into a coma and as the uh, Troy reaches out to try and help her, um, there's a mystery at play as to you know what has happened and, and this uh, this trauma that she has apparently repressed for years and years and years and years. It is eventually revealed that um, the child of one of the diplomats bears a striking resemblance to Troy's firstborn daughter. Loxana Troy, not uh, uh, not um, Counselor Troy, and um, this would have been Troy's sister, her older sister, 
who died in a tragedy. Uh, it's presumed that she drowned uh, in a lakeside pond. And uh, Loxana has been um, dealing with this and repressing the memory of this for 30-some-odd for years. It features some outstanding acting from Majel Barrett, who probably deserved an Emmy nomination uh, for this episode. Um, but uh, as sad as it is, it's also a, um, a powerful and very moving episode because it's not something that we get a lot of in Star Trek. We don't deal a lot of with them. You know this kind of emotional trauma, and so it was very bold um, for them to take this step and uh, and go there with this one. So I want to give a shout out to that episode as well. It's not one I go back to frequently, but it is a good one. Uh, finally, my number one uh, pick for best episode of season seven is Lower Decks. Um, this is uh, one that features four young Enterprise ensigns. And um, they are friends and find their friendship strained during a series of personnel evaluations. Two of them are being considered for the same job. And um, there's a secret mission into Cardassian space. Uh... And the uh, oh, I hesitate to say the winner, but uh, the, the 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 one who does the best performance um, will be chosen for this mission. Although it has a very low success rate, um, this is a just powerful, wonderful fantastic episode because first of all it's it would be considered in fact uh, Russell T Davies from Doctor Who has said this is uh, an episode of Star Trek that uh, he very much lifted uh, for Doctor Who because it gave him the premise of a Doctor Light episode the main crew is barely in this it really does feature on these four previously unknown uh, characters um, a little bit of carryover from a previous uh, previous episode, but um, you know these these are not main squad, and that's a that's a, that's a good thing because it helps cement that despite the the kind of family feeling and, and atmosphere on board the ship, this is a big ship and there are a lot of people on it, not just our seven main crew members. It also um, gave rise, obviously, to the Star Trek Lower Decks, the animated uh, 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 comedy series that is now on Paramount Plus, which features <laughs> not the captain and uh, crew, but instead focuses on a bunch of lower deckers, the lower-level midshipmen, who uh, uh, get into all kinds of hijinks, and it has become one of my favorite Star Trek shows. It also enables um, what little bit the the main crew is in it for them to really shine in their relations, uh, specifically Worf, and how he relates to, to Ensign Sito. And um, it's, just, it's just an all-around cool episode. And yeah, maybe it's a little predictable, but when the final moment comes, it doesn't matter. It's still, 
it's still very uh, very epic and very impactful. Um, overall, there are more good than bad episodes in Season 7, although I would probably say that the majority of them are, you know, middle of the road. They're all entertaining, but uh, again, we're, we're uh, not quite up to the highs of some of the previous seasons. There's also a sense that um, perhaps it's time. Uh, for the show to kind of wind things down and end it. And as sad as we are um, for, you know, the episodic television, um, it, it's probably, it was probably the right time. I think Next Gen uh, had run its course, and this was a good ending for the show. It, uh, it ended on a high note. It didn't drag on too long. It uh, explored... For the most part, I think everything that it uh, it could have explored and needed to, and uh, was was quite a satisfactory uh, uh, little television show, uh, for for being the juggernaut that it was. And yet, Star Trek endures. Um, as always, I want to thank all of you for uh, listening to me prattle, and thank you for. Uh, for showing some interest in my other uh, uh, my other loves, and uh, if that interest continues, we will of course do more. Um, next up would be Deep Space Nine season two. Uh, for those of you uh, following along at home, and um, thank you so much for for following Traveling the Vortex and supporting us. And uh, this is as a reminder, if you're uh, listening to this now, it is a Patreon exclusive uh, for the time being and will only be opened up uh, to, uh, to the common folk, as it were, later. So uh, if you find any value in uh, what we do, either through Traveling the Vortex or through the side trips with Star Trek Connection or whatever, please consider putting some value back into this podcast and getting these exclusives um, because we want to uh, make content and provide it for you that uh, you know kind of helps kind of helps make it worth your while once again i'm sean good night everybody you have been listening to traveling the vortex doctor who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the bbc no infringement is intended or implied